You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Stephen D. Sullivan and St. Euphoria present Atomic Tales Stories of science, mystery, and excitement This episode features the latest installment in our fantastic original series Strange Invaders Tonight our intrepid adventurers find themselves in over their heads in a honey of a tale that we call Beehive Yourself Join us now as we present another in our continuing series of Atomic Tales. Grab your gear, Agent One. Agent Seven, ruthless Ruth Donlevy, called to me early one Friday afternoon. After a long stint, I'd been looking forward to enjoying a weekend off. But when the U.S. Science Bureau asks... What's up? I replied. We're going back to Colorado, she told me. Gigi's got the car revved up to take us to the airport. I'll grab my stuff from my locker and meet you in the garage. Minutes later, the two of us were riding in the back of an agency car on our way to Andrews for a flight to Denver. Busy day. Agency secretary Gigi Brock, our driver, remarked. First a bunch of agents fly to Nebraska, and now you two are headed for Colorado. Nebraska? I asked. Yeah, Gigi replied. I dropped three, six, and eight at the airport to investigate the wreck of the train that was carrying Dr. Hedison's body out here to D.C. What? I blurted. I'd arranged to that shipment after defeating Hedison in his mutated form as the man sect. Agent Zero thought you and I deserve some time off after our run-in with that guy. Agent Seven explained. How's your shoulder? I rubbed the bandaged wound. Okay, but... But then this new job came up. I'll fill you in during the flight. And Miss Brock? Yes? Gigi replied. You need to be more discreet while chauffeuring if you ever want to be an agent. Gigi swallowed hard, chastened. Yes, ma'am. Half a day later, Agent 7 and I had driven our agency Studebaker from Denver to Hideaway Park, Colorado, a winter resort in the mountains. Since it was still summer, the town's outskirts looked deserted. Lots of rolling terrain, evergreens, and big sky surrounded by the Rockies. The sun was dipping toward the western peaks, and the air smelled of ponderosa pines and warm summer greenery. We've come all this way to talk to a guy about honey, Ruth? I asked. Yep. Agent 7 affirmed. Turned out that honey we found in Hedison's lab had some kind of strange contamination, similar to what Doc Tarragon found in that giant ant nest your team explored. I shuddered at the memory. I guess stopping the Mansect wasn't the end of the giant bug invasion. She shrugged. Still too early to tell. Maybe we can get some info from this guy. Ruth pulled the Studebaker up to a hillside cabin with a hand-lettered sign declaring, Souvenirs, Maps, Snowshoe Rental, Best Local Honey. The place looked more like a run-down private home than an actual business. A rusting Ford pickup sat in front of an even rattier-looking garage out back. It seemed we weren't the only customers, though. A well-maintained, late-model blue Chevy Bel Air sat in the wide gravel driveway-slash-parking lot area next to the building. Ruth parked next to the Chevy, and we headed for the cabin's front porch, which displayed the shack's advertised wares in propped-up wooden boxes. 
A man in overalls and a sleeveless white undershirt stood on the porch talking to a woman in a red blouse and maroon skirt. Her pencil flew quickly across a pad of notepaper. The man clutched a jar of honey in his calloused hand. Both of them watched us as Seven and I approached. Clearly, we weren't from the area. Mr. Gordon, Agent Seven said. Proprietor of Hideaway Honey? That's me, Gordon replied, suspicious. Best honey in the Rocky Mountains. The pine scent from the nearby forest couldn't cover the musk of his cheap aftershave. We'd like to talk to you about that honey, I said. Gordon grinned a gapped tooth smile. Must be a banner day, he proclaimed. Little Miss here was just asking about that, too. The woman in red extended her hand. Tammy Rubens from the Denver Examiner. We chase the news that you can use, and you are? I'm Agent Raymond, and this is Agent Ruth, I said. Gordon's gray eyes narrowed. Not revenuers here to arrest me, are you? Not today. Agent Seven replied, deadpan. Hideaway honey is very popular in Denver. Miss Rubens explained. That's the focus of my article. She smiled sweetly. But if the government wants to talk to you, I'd better be going, Mr. Gordon. You give me a good write-up, won't you, Missy? He reminded her. You bet. Miss Rubens replied. With a nod and a brief wave, she got in her Chevy and drove away. Now, Gordon said, less friendly since the reporter had gone. What you government types want? We need to know where you're getting your honey. I replied. That's a secret, he said proudly. Industrial secret, you might say. Ruth put on her best steely-eyed killer face. There are no secrets from the U.S. government. It took Ruth and me the better part of an hour to convince Gordon that we didn't care about his illicit income, but were, instead, concerned with contamination our scientists had discovered in his honey. Contamination that might hurt people and get him sued. Reluctantly, he got into his battered Ford and led us to his source. Not a hidden set of woodland hives, but, weirdly, to an old water tunnel in the mountains. The three-yard wide entrance was partially boarded over, but a small stream of clear liquid still ran from it into the ravine beyond, and alongside the water came something else, a golden trickle being funneled by a makeshift collection device into a two-gallon jug. There must be a hell of a big hive in that tunnel. Seven, ever the scientist noted. I discovered it a while back, Gordon said proudly. It was just going to waste, so I figured, what the hell? Remember, you said you wouldn't tell. Not if it's safe, I reminded him, poking around the hillside opening. Ruth, these boards are loose. The bottom cluster of planks swung up, almost like a doggy door. And can you hear that? Agent Seven nodded. The buzzing echoing from inside the tunnel sounded almost like an approaching freight train. You don't want to go messing around in there, Gordon warned. I had an old dog that went in when I discovered the honey. He didn't never come out. Sorry, I said, pulling out a flashlight. I pushed the boards aside and peered in. It's our job to investigate. Ruth crowded close to get a look as well. The dingy tunnel vanished into the mountainside. But just at the edge of their reach, our flashlight beams shone upon something golden blocking most of the passage. A wall of six-sided cells. Beehive, Ruth whispered, stunned. It's huge, I added, my mouth dry. She nodded. These are no ordinary. Ray, look out! Ruth and I dove for cover as a giant bee flew down the tunnel straight at the opening we'd made in the boards. Mr. Gordon, duck! I cried. Whether he didn't hear me or was too stunned to move, We'll never know, because before he could hit the deck, the bee attacked. The bug wasn't as big as the giant ants plaguing the desert southwest, 
but its body was at least the size of a German shepherd with a sting as long as my little finger. Gordon screamed once and fell into the pine bracken, dead. Seven and I fired our agency automatics, each putting one into the monster insect's body and a second into its head. Greenish ichor sprayed the honey farmer's corpse as the creature died and rapidly disintegrated into foul-smelling ooze. Damn it, I cursed. We need to have Gordon cleaned up and buried at government expense once we finished this case. Ray, there are more! Seven warned, pointing to the tunnel. Of course, there's never just one bee in a hive. Make for the car, I commanded. I shot the next bug pushing through the boards, decapitating it as the two of us ran for the Studebaker. Will the car's steel keep them out? I asked as Seven picked off two more that edged past the obstruction. Not sure, she replied. We kept firing as new bees emerged, but we'd have to reload soon, and then... I opened the Studebaker's trunk and tossed a shotgun to Ruth as our automatics ran out of ammo. Ray, remember how we finished that centipede in that ghost town? She asked. Sure, I replied. She tossed her scattergun back to me. Hold them off! I'm going to try the same thing with Gordon's truck. With a pump-action shotgun in each hand, I would have done John Wayne proud, but the bees just kept coming. More and more crowded the tunnel exit, their angry buzzing building like the drone of an air raid siren. As I chambered my last round, Ruth yelled, Ray, take cover! Gordon's Ford rocketed past me. Ruthless Ruth had jammed the accelerator somehow and sent it kamikaze-style toward the tunnel entrance. I joined her behind our Studebaker as the pickup reached the beehive entrance. The entire mountainside rumbled as orange flames consumed the tunnel, frying the bees swarming the entrance into blackened husks. A smell like burnt shrimp assaulted my nose as the shockwave set my ears ringing and knocked me on my can. Fortunately, the blazing truck blocked any more bug attacks. For now. You're getting pretty good at making cars into Molotov cocktails, I observed, dusting myself off. Keep it up and you'll give Boom Boom a run for his money. She laughed before growing serious. Oh, we need to call in the army. Hope this burns long enough for them to get here. And if it doesn't, I asked. She patted our Studebaker and grinned. Then we've got one more cocktail to serve. And you get to continue your record of destroying agency property. Listen to the Lucky Go Show. It's better than sliced bread. We got extras. We got more. We have everything you need. Lucky Go Show? Free V-Bucks. Right here. I'm confused. Do you want a mug? Do you want bed sheets? Do you want a happy-go-lucky shirt and a Yeti? All for free. At the end of this is a free promo code, and it can all be yours. This is the best thing ever. For a small fee of $55. Plus charity tag. Hey, everybody. Daniel here. This is the Lucky Go Show, now appearing on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network. This has been an original story of Strange Invaders, part of our ongoing series of Atomic Tales. Brought to you by St. Euphoria Productions. Tonight's episode, Beehive Yourself, was written by Stephen D. Sullivan. It was produced, edited, and read by Christopher R. Mim, who also played Agent One, and featured Stephanie Mim as Agent Seven, Ruthless Ruth Donlevy, Gwen Ruhoff as Agency Secretary and Chauffeur Gigi Brock, Danielle Gerlader, a.k.a. horror host Penny Dreadful as reporter Tammy Rubens, and Mark Hader as Mr. Gordon, the would-be honey magnate. 
Be sure to tune in next month for more Atomic Tales. Please support the films of Christopher R. Mim at SaintEuphoria.com and the work of Stephen D. Sullivan via his Patreon at PaySteve.com. Join the conversation at the Monster Conservancy at SaveMonsters.com. All elements of this episode are copyright 2021 by their creators and may not be reproduced or reused without permission. Atomic Tales and Strange Invaders are trademarks of Stephen D. Sullivan, all rights reserved. This is the St. Euphoria Audiocast Network.